Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The Supreme Court's decision on the OSHA mandate. It's a big loss for President Biden. People should get vaccinated, but President Biden should not be able to force them to do it. The Supreme Court agrees. They want to get rid of the filibuster. I will not support. I don't know whether we can get this done. Russia. The situation is so dangerous. The drumbeat of war is sounding loud. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Friday. And uh, boy, the weather, whether or not we will get snow, that's the question for this weekend. Uh, Governor Cooper is urging the state, the folks of North Carolina, to prepare for significant incoming winter weather it looks like here in the east it's probably going to be a rain event it depends really what time the precip starts late saturday early sunday morning the high on sunday looks like now it's going to get into the upper 40s anyway talking about a high of 49 so obviously at that point it's going to be rain saturday night it's going to be in the 20s Uh, The governor did sign a state of emergency last night to activate state resources to respond to the storm and to allow for the possibility of federal reimbursement if the event qualifies. North Carolina DOT crews and contractor resources are working to uh, put brime on the road, and uh, they'll be out clearing the roads as quickly as they can once the snow falls. Now, in the western part of the state, up near Asheville, they're talking about one to two feet of snow. So uh, down here, we're talking about lots of rain on Sunday. It could start out. We could see some white stuff, though, early, uh, early Sunday morning, late Saturday night. So the Democrats went crazy over Donald Trump. The whole... Donald Trump Russian dossier, which we now know is fiction that was paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign. But the Democrats pushed it. Adam Schiff pushed it. Nancy Pelosi pushed it. That, you know, that Donald Trump was doing everything he could to support Putin. That they were good buddies. They were making backroom deals. He was over there hanging out with prostitutes, having them urinate on the beds that uh, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama occupied when they were over there. That was was what they were uh, going after Donald Trump on. So right now, Putin is looking like he wants to invade Ukraine, have some uh, 100,000 troops willing and ready to uh, invade. So Ted Cruz drew up a bill to slap sanctions on the oil pipeline that Putin desperately wants to become operational as soon as possible. And Joe Biden, you look at Joe Biden, you have to say to yourself, you really are. And I used to say this all the time about Barack Obama. Every time there was an issue between either America or some Muslim jihadist country, Biden was, our Joe, <laughs> Obama was always on the wrong side of the issue. Now Joe is on the wrong side of the issue, and he's on the wrong side of the issue with Iran as well, but 
he's on the wrong side of the issue with Russia. And not only is he allowing Russia to get this pipeline in, the Norsem Stream 2 pipeline in, stop and think about how much business he is taking away from the United States when we were an exporting country under Donald Trump of energy, which we now are not because of Joe Biden. So anyway, Ted Cruz comes up with this bill to uh, slap some sanctions on Putin. And Joe Biden sends some State Department lobbyists over to work against this bill in the Senate. So they take it to a vote this last week. And the majority of the senators vote for it. One senator didn't vote. The rest of the voting went 55 votes for the sanctions that Ted Cruz proposed. 44 voted against it. Now, if you remember, it takes 60 votes to get out of the Senate, which the Democrats want to do away with this 60-vote filibuster so they can have their way with the, quote, voting rights legislation which is also a.k.a. uh, only vote for a Democrat and only allow Democrats to win bill. So the bill fails because we have the filibuster there. So, and just this week, just last night, Joe Biden got together with Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema and tried to explain to them how important it was we do away with the filibuster so they can pass this elections boondoggle bill. And yet at the same time, the same day, the same week, they used the filibuster to allow Russia to go ahead with this pipeline, even though Russia is about to invade the Ukraine. You can't make it up. Oh, Democrats, they have lost their minds. Apparently, a lot of Americans think uh, they've lost their minds. New polling from Quinnipiac this week, released on Wednesday, showed how uh, Cousin Eddie's approval numbers continue to fall faster than he can fall down Air Force One. Um, Overall, 33% of Americans approve the job Joe is doing. 53% of Americans disapprove. But what's really interesting about this is, and and this will be really interesting to see if suddenly Joe Biden changes his mind and says, hey, you know what, maybe we should shut down the border, close the border, make sure that we don't have any Hispanics coming across the border. Why? In this polling, only 28% of Hispanics approve the job Biden is doing. 61% of Hispanics disapprove of Biden's handling of the economy, with 59% of Hispanics saying they disapprove of Biden's handling of COVID. Um, So basically, seven out of 10 Hispanics thinks Joe Biden is a screw-up. And Joe Biden represents the Democrat Party. I mean, he, he does. I mean, everything that Joe is pushing, he is pushing because he is allowing the woke the wokest of the woke of the Democrat Party to set his agenda, set his legislation. 
So now the Hispanics are saying, the guy's an idiot. It really will be interesting to find out whether or not you see the Democrats suddenly want to get tough on the border. They've they've assumed that everybody that comes across the border, all these Hispanics coming across the border, will be secure votes for Joe Biden. The one thing that they forget. Now, I understand they, they, many of them come over and they, you know, they're applauding Joe Biden because they think he is just a nice guy. He's opened the border. He's compassionate. And they're coming over. But again, look, and I know this is not 100%, but overall, the Hispanics have good work ethics, good family values, and it's the antithesis of what the Democrats are pushing. So maybe Joe will, maybe the, the good news is maybe Joe will close the border. Uh, Joe is not a man known for his eloquent speeches, as we saw this week in Atlanta. Uh, But it's interesting. He he comes up with all these folksy stories. The Washington Post has given Cousin Eddie the um, worst of the worst with their Pinocchios. Joe garnered... Was it four or five Pinocchios this week? One or the other. Either way, it wasn't good for Joe. Based on the fact, and the Washington Post fact checker is Glenn Kessler. Um, Apparently, he is getting tired of Joe's uh, fictitious stories. I'll I'll try to keep it kind to Joe. Uh, Some people would call the guy an out-and-out liar. Some people think he is delusional. Some people think he is... um, uh, in the early stages of cognitive failure, eh, all all might be true for Joe. But uh, Kessler from the Washington Post apparently is tired of uh, Biden's basic claims. He uh, published earlier this week, Biden claims yet another arrest for which there is little evidence. Biden's speech included a supposedly inspirational bit about the time Biden was allegedly arrested for making a stand for civil rights. Now, we've all heard his story about uh, the bad dude Popcorn and uh, his days working at a uh, pool up in uh, Delaware and how the little kids would come up and rub his hairy legs. I mean, the guy's weird. Uh, his story about the Amtrak conductor and how Joe had traveled you know, 18 billion miles from Philadelphia to uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, he actually had... <laughs> I miss this one, but the Washington Post brought it up that he's got a story out there how he used to be a semi truck driver, drive a, a semi. <laughs> Why the hell would I take a test? Uh, anyway, and, and liberals call him a great communicator. But um, so anyway, he, he was talking earlier this week in a speech and he said, I quote on the civil rights. I did not walk in the shoes of generations of students who walked on these grounds. But I walked on other grounds because I'm so damn old. I was there. Well, you'd think I'm kidding, man. I'm not kidding, man. It seems like yesterday, the first time I got arrested. The first time. <laughs> uh, is there any uh, any record of Joe Biden ever getting arrested? The line came after Biden invoked the spirit and legacy of Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass, among other civil rights leaders. Does his view? Um, does he view his claim arrest as being equal to the world-changing work of Tubman and Douglas? 
So in his speech, he's talking about those who have gone before in the right, the fight for civil rights, and he cites Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass, and he compares himself to them? Wow. Uh, by the way, remember that Joe Biden praised Robert Byrd, the Grand Wizard. He also campaigned for Ralph Northam. The guy that dresses up as uh, he, he was either dressed up in blackface or as a Klan member. We don't know which. But Joe went down and campaigned for him and praised the likes of Robert Byrd. As Kessler points out, Biden's latest dubious claim isn't his first about being arrested, as it turned out to be a lie. Previously, he has said he was arrested trying to see Nelson Mandela in South Africa. You remember that one? That got four Pinocchios. And for trying to either uh, enter an all-female dorm room at Ohio University, uh, which the USA said was at least partially false. He had also suggested he was arrested for wandering into the Senate floor as a starstruck kid. But most times he's indicated he was just given a warning. And so he can't even get the stories right when he does lie about being arrested. I mean, it it changes. His age changes. Where it happened changes. But um, nonetheless— He got uh, an additional four Pinocchios this week from the Washington Post. The Washington Post. I mean, we're not talking about Town Hall or the Federalist or the Washington Free Beacon. We're talking about the Washington Post is coming out and saying our president is a liar. And, you know, I, I will I will grant you it, 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 it very well is cognitive failure, although he's been doing it for a long, long time. I mean, the Amtrak story. I mean, he's been he's been pushing that for decades. We got to take a time out. We get back. There is some great news, which it really they need to be the, the Republican National Committee needs to be commended for this and encouraged to hold their ground. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. when We get back. Stay with us. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Taking a quick look at your weather forecast. It is, uh, well, today's going to be, well, today was nice. Tonight's not going to be uh, inclement weather. And tomorrow's going to be cooler, but uh, it is uh, going to be significantly cooler. The high is only going to be in the low 40s tomorrow. Then Saturday night, uh, it begins and uh, Sunday and Sunday night, it's going to be ugly. So tomorrow, partly sunny, a high near 41. Saturday night, a chance of sleet early, early Sunday morning. Uh, It's a low Saturday night of around 28. Chance of precip early on Sunday morning, late Saturday night, 30%. Then Sunday, Freezing rain likely, possibly mixed with sleep before 7 o'clock. Then freezing rain likely between 7 and 10. Then it's basically going to be a rain event after 10 a.m. The high on Sundays will reach mid-40s. Precipitation. Sunday between 1 and 2 inches. Sunday night, rain continues into the night with a low around 35. So depending on what the temperatures do, uh, it could be an all-rain event. Uh, we could have ice. We could have snow uh, on both ends. And again, Sunday during the day, it looks like we're primarily just going to be a rain event. 
but uh, they're also calling for a wintry mix. So make sure you go out and uh, buy five gallons of uh, milk and 10 loaves of bread. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club, voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood boasts an 18-hole leech Trevino design course, full-service dining and outdoor pool, tennis, and more. The newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, join Ironwood, pay zero initiation fee. Give them a call, 252-752-4653. Find out what makes Ironwood the best of Greenville when it comes to golf. And uh, go see them. Take a, take a tour of the – ask for Jenna. She will give you a tour of the clubhouse. Uh, As for John, he'll even take you a tour of the golf course. Give him a call. Uh, You'll be glad you did. 252-752-4653. Speaking of sports and golf and whatnot, the NCAA is taking a step in the right direction. I don't know that it is enough, but at least it's a step in the right direction. And finally, a major organization that usually leans left on these issues has got a little bit of a common sense entering into the picture. A week ago, the NCA published a list of guidelines that communicates their COVID-19 guidelines for winter athletes in the upcoming season. Within those guidelines, the NCAA admitted something that most Americans already understood. Natural immunity is an effective way for someone to be protected against COVID-19. The NCAA included a list of factors it considered would classify someone as fully vaccinated, which includes if people had taken one of the COVID vaccines or if they had gotten booster shots within a specific time period. But within that list, the NCAA said that according to its definition, quote, a person who has documented COVID-19 infection in the past 90 days is considered the equivalent of fully vaccinated. Finally, Finally, people are starting to get the idea what every other medical doctor, family practitioner has known for a long time. You you get something like COVID-19, you you end up having natural immunities. And, you know, this is a step in the right direction. And the reason why I say it's only a step in the right direction, and again, I'm not a doc. Everybody knows that. But if you have natural immunities— Sometimes your immunity count goes down after a period of time, but if you get COVID again, the immunity naturally kicks back in and fights off the disease. So, and I, I, granted, I realize we're only two years into this, although Fauci seems to be absolutely convinced for, with everything he says. But, uh, hey, this is a step in the right direction. It'd be interesting to see Fauci's reaction to this. Uh, this, is, this is really a significant story, and it should have happened decades ago. Remember back when Mitt Romney and Barack Obama were in that presidential debate? That was back in 2012. And Candy Crowley was... The, she, she was with CNN. I, whatever happened to her? Now, I've never watched CNN. Is she still around? <laughs> uh, the interesting character of Candy Crowley. I'm not sure if Candy was her name or if she got that as a nickname. But um, she was with CNN. She was the moderator. She fact-checked Mitt Romney in real time 
about a claim he made about Obama prompting an outcry from conservatives. Uh, you probably remember that if you're a, a political junkie. Now, it's been 10 years ago, but the problem here is she incorrectly corrected Mitt Romney and she tilted the debate. In fact, I would even say that that was influential in tilting the election. Obama claimed, quote, the day after the attack, talking about a terrorist attack, I stood in the Rose Garden and told the American people and the world that we're going to find out exactly what happened, that this was an act of terror. Romney shot back, you said in the Rose Garden the day after the attack it was an act of terror. It was not a spontaneous demonstration. Is that what you're saying? I want to make sure we get that rec- that we get that straight for the record because it actually took the president 14 days before he called the attack in Benghazi an act of terror. And guess what? You go back and fact check it, and Mitt Romney was right. Crowley jumped in to assert that Mitt Romney. She said, quote, he did, in fact, sir, call it an act of terror. Obama crowed. Can you say that a little louder, Candy? Crowley repeated. He did call it an act of terror. Not according to the transcript from the White House. So anyway, I set that as the stage. Finally, now that happened 10 years ago. And it happened prior to that. I mean, the questions that are asked, the people that are the moderators of these debates, the National Committee, the Republican National Committee, has threatened pullout of current presidential debates. Finally, the New York Times reports that the time for hardball has arrived. The Republican National Committee says it may require candidates to pledge to not participate in debates run by the Commission on Presidential Debates. Now, they're not saying they won't debate. They're just saying if the Commission on Presidential Debates, which leans hard left, if they're the ones that are putting the debate together, no thanks. It is about time. I mean, just go back and and even Chris Wallace, when it was a debate between Biden and Trump, for that matter, when you go back and look at the debate between Trump and uh, the Hildebeest, it, it, it was such bias. Anybody that's a conservative is watching these debates and ripping their hair out. And I'm, I've, I've been screaming at the TV for 20 years. Why do we participate in these tilted, slanted debates that do everything to vilify the conservative? I wouldn't call Mitt Romney overly conservative. But as compared to Obama, uh, yeah, I take Mitt Romney over Obama. Gateway Pundit has got an interesting story out. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. Kevin McCarthy was on Fox News. I think it was uh, Wednesday night. And uh, they were talking about if the GOP retakes the U.S. House of Representatives, which right now, I mean, November is 11 months away. And uh, it, a lot can happen between now and then. But as it looks right now, the Republicans will gain. Some people are saying as many. Now, I don't I'm, I don't be overly cavalier about this. Some people are saying they'll pick up somewhere between 60 and uh, 50 and 60 House seats. And perhaps six or eight Senate seats. So 
Kevin McCarthy is on Fox News, and they ask him what his agenda will be. This is cut three, Clark. What Kevin McCarthy's agenda will be if they take the House and the Senate. First and foremost, if we are fortunate to be able to, to earn the trust of the American people and earn the majority, we will secure this border to stop the human trafficking and the drugs flowing across. We'll make it easier to open a small business, not harder. We'll make America energy independent again, the gasoline price lower, to be able to manufacture here in America. We will pass the Parents' Bill of Rights. This is just a start, but at the same time, this administration, with one party rule in one year, has no accountability, and we will be able to hold them accountable. Now, the Gateway Pundit really went after Kevin McCarthy here. I, I, I am not going to be as, uh, as in-your-face as the Gateway Pundit was. Uh, but they, and I will uh, agree and throw a couple of my own in here, uh, we hope, we hope that that is just for starters. Now, I, I don't disagree with any of those, but uh, as, the, as the Gateway Pundit says, eh, it's a little milk toast. It's a little light. Now, they're, they're good issues, but boy, we, I mean, some of those issues, even the Democrats would, and even the rhinos would agree with those. But how about um, in launching an impeachment against Cousin Eddie on day one and the, and the Biden crime family on day one and Hunter Biden on day one? And I mean, my gosh, if you impeach Donald Trump for that phone call, Two, um, let's make sure that part of our agenda is we're not going to send men and women into harm's way to destroy their lives, lose their lives, only to have somebody like Joe Biden come across and uh, withdraw, leaving the enemy. I, I'm, I'm just, oh my gosh, he ought to be impeached for just sure incompetence on in what he did with Afghanistan. Uh, how about making sure that we do have fair and free elections? I mean, we need election legislation, but not what the Democrats are talking about. We need election legislation that would proclaim no ballot harvest. And basically, you take H.R. 1 and do the opposite of what H.R. 1 does. No ballot harvesting, no midnight box drop-offs, no uh, and we will have mandatory voter ID, um, et cetera. I mean, take H.R. 1, H.R. 4. The John Lewis Act and the, you know, what are they, what they call the the Democrat make sure we get elected Act, and uh, do the opposite, make that legislation. Uh, let's go after the tech giants. Let's remove the uh, two thirty protections, the Rule two thirty protections they've got. Um, let's go after the FBI. Let's clean house at the FBI. Let's jail the men and women who ran up a four year coup against Donald Trump. Uh, let's strip Ilhan Omar, Adam Schiff. Eric Swalwell of their committees. Let's deport Ilhan Omar back to Somalia for committing immigration fraud by marrying her brother. Yeah. Um, he said, you know, we're going to, we're going to um, shutter the border. Now he didn't say they're going to deport illegals. Uh, I don't know that you can gather them up. Uh, I, I'd be happy if you just shutter the border and finish the wall. Uh, and and re-implement, for, for real re-implement Donald Trump's policies. Uh, investigate Ashley Babbitt, the shooting of uh, Ashley Babbitt. Um, and let's go after the Capitol Police officer who shot her. 
Um, let's go. Let's find out really what uh, Ray Epps is all about and other government infiltrators of uh, January 6th. Let's try to find out the truth of January 6th. Um, yeah, you know, there's there's so much more. Now he mentioned parental rights. Uh, that's that's good. Uh, let let's do something with the insider trading, which Nancy Pelosi said earlier this week that oh that it's the free market system. We ought to well, you know, we need to make sure we have insider trading for the members of Congress. It's all about the free market. Yeah, right. And here's something you can do, and you don't even need uh, legislation on this. Kick out Liz Cheney and uh, Adam King Kinzinger. There you go. That'd be easy to do. So, uh, I, I, I would not. I would not be quite as hard as the Gateway pundit is on uh, Kevin McCarthy. But um, yeah, let's. Uh, if if you're gonna if this would be one of the few times that a, a political party, if if it goes like the way I think it's going to go, this will be one of the few times that a political party can get up and say we have a mandate. And they'll be right. Hey, we got to take another time out. Stay with us. More news and views for a Friday coming right up. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 1037. Uh, welcome back in news and views for a Friday. Do you remember the name Marilyn Molesby? She is Baltimore state's attorney. And, uh, she was supposedly a rising star. If you remember back in 2015, there was, uh, the Freddie gray case and Freddie gray was a tax uh oh, i'm sure you do avoided tax too but he was a, a drug dealer and uh, he was the guy that was arrested and put in the back of a paddy wagon fought with police when they put him in there and uh because he refused to be buckled into the paddy wagon supposedly he got the the narrative was freddie gray got tossed about in the back of the paddy wagon and broke his neck and ended up dying and Marilyn Mosby was the state's attorney for Baltimore, and she basically threw the six police officers under the bus, under the jail. And uh, that was one of the, uh, in, in back in hindsight, that sort of launched the defund the police movement which really gained legs later on. This is back in 2015, but she totally vilified these police officers, ruined their lives. They had to go in and defend themselves, and they were eventually vindicated. But I think a couple of them ended up quitting the police force. They just said, the heck with it. We're done. This woman, who, by the way, was um, praised by Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris talked about her as being one of the, the new heroes in the Democratic Party. And uh, anyway, to cut to the chase, this woman, Marilyn Mosby, has uh, now been accused of perjury, lying on a mortgage application. She claimed that coronavirus-related financial hardship in order to withdraw money from her city retirement account, which you're allowed to do if, in, indeed, 
you had uh, coronavirus-related financial hardship. The problem is, for Marilyn Mosby, she was being paid $247,955.58 a year, and she continued to receive that paycheck throughout the pandemic, throughout the shutdown. Never missed one paycheck, never missed one cent. So she goes in and lies about it so she can take money out of, without any penalty, take money out of her retirement account, lies on the mortgage, and then she turns around and takes that money to buy two houses in Florida, vacation homes in Florida. I don't know if she did it for, for vacation or for investment. Uh, either way, she is uh, now in hot water. So the question is, will she uh, be arrested? Will she have sanctions put on her? Will she face any kind of severe penalty? Uh, chances are the answer is no, because she has the ability to check off the correct boxes. But what's interesting about this is Kamala Harris. Now, Kamala Harris, uh, to be, to be real clear. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Kamala. To be real clear, Kamala Harris is in, in no way, uh, guilty of anything that Marilyn Mosby did except for the fact that she is guilty of a poor judgment. But I, I've got I've to bring this back up. Uh, get ready. This is cut two. We'll, we'll go to it in a second. You've heard this. I mean, if you, if you follow the news at all, you have heard this. But it really is worth playing again. Because Kamala Harris, she went on the Today Show yesterday, on Thursday, And she was asked questions by NBC News' Craig Melvin. And it was a fairly long interview. But at one point, she was asked, is is it time for a reset? The Biden administration, nothing they're doing is going well. And is, is it time to reconsider and is it time for a reset? Now, Kamala Harris is the vice president of the United States. And in fact, she held a position at one time very similar to Marilyn Mobey's position. And then she was a U.S. senator. How, how does a person that would give this answer get into the positions that she is in? Cut to. At what point does the administration say, you know what, this strategy isn't working. We're going to change strategies. Six former administration officials last week wrote that open letter urging the administration to change course, to change strategy. Is it time? It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. Are we going to, uh, to see the same Democratic ticket in 2024? I'm sorry, we are thinking about today. I mean, honestly, I, I, I know why you're asking the question, because this is the part of the punditry and the, right. the gossip around places like Washington, D.C. Let me just tell you something. We're focused on the things in front of us. Now, NBC News and Craig Melvin are not conservatives. But they're asking some pretty reasonable questions here. It's interesting. He asked the first question and he says, well, they're going to change the ticket in 2024 because the answer you just gave to my first question is so off the wall, 
so asinine that how could you possibly be considered to be on the ticket the next time around? (laughs) Harris's answer, it is time for us to do what we've been doing, and that time is every day. Every day, it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. (laughs) And the question was, is it time to reset because nothing you're doing is working? I, I listened to that, and I, I've, I've watched the video of that numerous times. I've got to ask myself, and I don't, I don't mean to be flippant here or disrespectful to the office of the vice president, but is this woman on drugs? I, I mean, and I heard Brian Kilme talk about this, and I thought he made a great point. These are not hard questions. These are not questions of which you'd have to study. If you've been living out what you have said you've been doing, then the answer would come very naturally. But it's, it's, it's a, a, an answer that's gobbledygook. Nobody can understand it. But that is who is our vice president. How did she get this job? That's my first question. How does somebody like this get the job? How does she get to be a, a DA? How does she get to be a, a U.S. senator? How does she get to be vice president? This is what you get. When you don't vet the people you're looking for, you merely put them in there because they get to check off the most boxes when it comes to the intersectionality survey. And she did. She did. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Ride shotgun with your 5 o'clock drive. The drive home should be a delight. This is Tom Lamprecht with more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It was a similar story, but uh, this verifies what we talked about then. A new story out of CNBC. Over 600,000 people have relocated from just three Democrat-run states during the pandemic. And guess what? All 600,000 moved to states that were controlled by Republicans. Census data released earlier this week showed that 600,000 people have left New York, California, and Illinois, they've gone to states with lower taxes, some cases no um, income tax. CNBC Wealth Editor Robert Frank discussed the findings. Reportedly, California lost 300 residents between April and July, April 2020 to July 2021. New York lost 365,000 people. So New York actually beat California with the most losses. Illinois lost over 114,000 residents. The three states that gained the most were Texas, Florida, and Arizona. Uh, All warm weather states and uh, all states that uh, had Republican governors. The states gained Texas, 382,000. Florida, 243,000. Arizona, 124,000. Um, now the, the, the three states that lost the most residents, New York, California, Illinois, 
all led by Democrat governors. The three states that gained the most, all led by Republican governors. In fact, right now, if you are in California, let's say, and you want to move your family east, or let's say you want to go from California to Texas, um, the cost to rent a U-Haul, a U-Haul truck to go in that direction will cost you in excess of $1,000. If you want to go from Texas back to California, you can rent that truck for about 100 bucks. Why? <laughs> because they have no trucks in, in California because everybody is leaving. And so they need an incentive to get the trucks back into California so they can have some trucks there. Um, overall, moving traffic across Texas increased in 2021, as it did in most states. Arrivals of one-way U-Haul trucks jumped 19%, while departures rose 18% over 2020. Arrivals made up 50.2% of all one-way U-Haul traffic last year in Texas. So uh, anyway, people are voting with their feet. They're leaving. You know, it it would really be (laughs) wise somehow if you could do this. I don't know that you can. But uh, make these people, when they move from California or New York or Illinois to a more conservative state, that uh, they've got to prove that uh, they're not going to bring their their crazy – the crazy politics. Now, perhaps these people are leaving those states because they're fed up with the crazy politics and they're not going to bring the craziness with them. We can only hope. But it would be nice if you can somehow make them leave the any any crazy politics back at their home state. A series of unrelated carjackings in New York City and Midtown Manhattan took place in the span of one hour on Wednesday, multiple carjackings. And uh, what's interesting about this is at the same time, you've got this uh, new DA up in in the city of New York, and basically they're saying, uh, you know what, we're not going to uh, go after certain crimes that he thinks are just it's, it's not legitimate to uh, charge these people with anything. And as a result, hey, if you don't punish, if you don't arrest, you let the bad guys go free, they're going to just do it more and more. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you're seeing that show up in many major cities that are run by Democrats. And that is why they're moving out. <laughs> 